boom. Welcome to the New Music Podcast. We've got your two regular jackoffs from upstate New York. My name is Patrick. And I'm Kyle. Let's fucking get it. We have a guest today who that we've we've been wanting on the show very <laughs> literally. If you've been listening since the beginning, like you know we've name dropped this man for a long time. So it is it's amazing that we finally come to this point where we uh, have actually gotten you on the show. So thank you, uh, William. Thank you for taking the time to entertain us uh, dumbasses. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, sorry. Nope. So long to set up. Oh, no. <laughs> don't be, don't be. It was worth the no. wait. So honestly, first question, let's just get it out of the way. How the fuck have you been since quarantine, man? Honestly, I know a lot of people are probably sick of talking about it at this point, but I imagine people are curious. Uh, you know, I, I've actually been really productive and I've, I've been great. I That's a refreshing I, take. Everybody's yeah. been very boohoo. Uh, no, I don't. It doesn't, it doesn't affect affect me or my life at all. I, I'm not. I'm not really. Uh, I'm more of an introvert than I am, you know. Socially, I'm not a social butterfly. So, right. I get that. I definitely get that. <laughs> the the term I've liked to go for is I, I consider myself like an extroverted introvert. So like when I'm with people, I can have a good time, but it has to be in small bursts because. After a while, I just get kind of burnt out, which is why doing podcasts like this, it works out so well for someone like me. Yeah, that's that's a good uh, okay. Yeah, it's just got to be like certain people, to be honest with me. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'll talk to anybody, but it needs to be that certain amount of people. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to be some certain amount of people or I got to be in the mood. Like, I don't know. I think I've spent enough time traveling and playing shows and being out meeting people and talking to people that i'm just fucking over it i get it especially after you know everything that you've gone through at this point i honestly it's kind of understandable yeah just stay i'd rather just just stay away from me (laughs) you know what another thing is too like i don't drink i don't drink or do drugs i've been sober for a long time yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. something like, I planned on mentioning. Yeah, so I mean, I've never been a fan of going to the bar and hanging out, you know, where people on tour are like, oh, we're going to the after party. And I'm just like, well, I'd rather go to the hotel. <laughs> yeah, no. Legitimately- I get that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bars weren't really my thing. <laughs> Not I'm a really. drink at home kind of person anyway. And yeah. like, I drink to just kind of like cut loose, not to like, you know, have a good time but like just to relax at the end of the day it i was doing that thing where i like had to do i had to drink like two or three in order to to get to sleep but that after i realized what i was doing i was like this is pathetic i don't like this this i'm creating a dependence (laughs) in fact uh the the phrase that came to my mind i was like i i honestly kind of feel a little guilty drinking in front of you (laughs) good that you came to that realization yeah, now, like, um, like I'm a I'm I'm a libertarian. Like I believe everyone should be able to do whatever the hell they want. For me, for the world, it's safer for the world that I don't drink. Right. Everyone around me is safer. Things are cars aren't getting broken into. <laughs> so that was a thing that happened. Oh, when I when I was when I was young, when I well, I don't know if you know anything about my past or anything, but I was well, a pretty serious drug addict. 
I, I know that you've touched base on that because I have seen all of the videos that you posted. Well, both of us have seen. We, like, we've seen them all. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I knew a little bit about that, but I didn't know exactly, like, um, much how, about, like, yeah. like, exactly how bad it was. Uh, well, I mean, it was bad. It was bad. I mean, I probably, probably shouldn't be alive, really. Like, the, I made it through my adolescence in the skin of my teeth. You know, I was a really serious drug addict and alcoholic, where <clears throat> by the time I was 14, I was, you know, banging heroin and stealing cars. Like, I stole my first car before I even had a license. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but you knew how to drive it. You knew how to steal it, and you knew how to drive it. You knew how to drive it. And you know what? You know what's strange, man? I, I, I'm always amazed, like, when people are, oh, I don't know how to drive. Like, a lot of people overseas in Europe and the UK don't know how to drive. Because hmm. they don't drive over there. They ride trains because everything's so Oh, strange. yeah, right. So that always struck me as quite odd that people didn't know how to drive a vehicle. And I remember the first time I stole a car, I knew how to drive. Yeah. I could drive it. <laughs> yeah, it's basic. It's I mean, it's self-explanatory, really. Yeah, it was just instinct. I think just, that's an a very it's a very American thing. So we're driving young, you know, we're, we get licenses when we're fifteen, yeah. half. We uh, did for a while, anyway. Yeah, it's not <laughs> that's not quite the case anymore. I mean, I know my little brother was probably one of the few out of this generation who learned how to drive when he was about fourteen or fifteen. But like, it's it's not that normal anymore. Well, yeah. So I, yeah, I was pretty, things were bad, man. I, uh, I was doing a lot of drugs and doing a lot of crime and I ended up in a lot of different treatment centers and in jail a bunch. And it got to the point where I was either gonna, I was gonna die of doing drugs or get killed by someone on the street or right. end up in prison forever. Now, what was, um, because you did say heroin, but what was your actual choice of what you would actually just continuously go to? I mean, I loved heroin. Heroin was one of the greatest. Uh, but heroin makes you really sick. You know, when they talk about withdrawal symptoms, you, it, it, it's quick how quickly you uh, become addicted to that drug and how quickly the high wears off and you use it to just be well is what they call it mm. so i didn't ever like being sick and so i would do it you know for a couple months and then i would be totally fucked but then either either a i would get arrested and go to jail and then go through withdrawals in jail or i would just start doing meth or cocaine and just switch to that so i wouldn't mm. do withdrawals <laughs> oh, all right hard Tough shit to go through. I've got family that's been there and, you know, the boosting cars and selling them. And like, you know, I, I get it. Like I've seen it happen a few too many times, more times than I like to admit. And uh, it's, it's tragic really, but Hey, I mean, you made it out the other side. You realized how bad it was and you, you, you corrected. And that's, that's not something that should be taken lightly. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did the best I could really, you know, it was really, it was facing a lot of prison time. Right. It really, made me wake up like obviously you know being broke and being alone and having no friends and you know getting locked up all the time sucked bad yeah but it was just uh like the threat of losing my freedom for many years hmm. i had 
something needed to change. And it did. Yeah. And I'm lucky too, you know, there's not, statistically speaking, not very many people are able to do drugs and then stop and stay sober for the rest of their lives. Or yeah. for as long as I have. Mm -hmm. I don't know many, many people from when I first got sober that are still sober. Like maybe three people. Jesus. <laughs> like I'm the old timer in the AA meetings now. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I planned on asking. You still go to the meetings, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find them cathartic or do you just kind of go because you feel like you kind of have to? No, man. You know what? Like the misconception about Alcoholics Anonymous is, is that, is that it's a thing that you have to go to mm -hmm. in order to stay sober forever. All right, so misconception is, oh, well, I don't want to have to go to these meetings forever, oh, right. you know, but the reality is, is that I, I don't go to meetings to stay sober because I'm already sober. I'm, I've had an experience with the steps and the obsession to get loaded has been taken away. Mm -hmm. I go to meetings because I am in a place in my life where I want to carry the message to a new person. You know what I mean? And in the way yeah. that, the way that I continue the way that the steps work, carrying the message to a new person is how we continue being sober. Mm -hmm. So I go to the meetings, not because I'm like, oh, God, I feel like drinking today. I better go to a meeting. <laughs> you know, I go to meetings because there's some kid who's, you know, just got sober a week ago and can't figure out how to stay sober. It's a so I'm going to talk to that dude. Yeah. And I like it too, man. I have a lot of friends in these meetings, you know, that I've that I've known for years. And you know, I live in a town that's like, I live in Tacoma, so I don't live in Seattle. I live down in Tacoma, and it's more working class. You know, it's, it's dudes that are uh, plumbers and electricians, and you know, it's real working class. So I like it a lot. You need something, dude? You need something? No. Okay. Can I say hi? Uh, no, I, <laughs> it's my son. He can say hi. He can say yeah, hi he can if say he wants hi. to. It's up to you. What's up, a little dude? Hey, dude. Hello. All right, cool. Don't <laughs> <I'll> get. <clears throat> That's adorable. How old is a little dude? Eleven. Eleven. Big eleven. My son's uh, three and a half, and I'm about to have a daughter. Oh man, congratulations. Thank you. Keep Thank going. You. Keep going. <laughs> don't say that, man. Don't no. Keep going. I'm already talking about getting snipped, man. I I don't know if I could have another. Yeah. Honestly, I love I love kids. I do, but at the end of the day, I don't want to put her through another kid. So if I feel like having another kid afterwards, I'll adopt. And that was always the plan anyway. Have one of my own and then adopt one. But this one, man, we did not see this one coming. But I am <laughs> Shut I up. Still love, I still love the. <laughs> Shut up. All right. I know for a fact I should have seen it coming. I should have known. I should have known better. I mean, don't you know that when you have sex and you, you put the seed into the womb, that's how the baby can made? I just, I just love the message that he sent me. He was like, well, <laughs> I well, should have known better. That's, that's the saying that has kind of rung out for the last couple of years is, or uh, not couple of years, the last couple of months. It feels like, well, dude. Um, is what should have fucking known better. Should have fucking known better with that one. But hey, here we are. I want to have ten more kids. 
more power to you, honestly. And and what what bothers me is knowing that there are kids out there in the system because that that really weighs on me because I, I wasn't personally like one of those kids, but just I don't know. That that eats at me. That's a bummer, man. It is. It really is. But you know, one one day I'll I'll set myself up really nice, get a decent sized home, adopt a couple. Maybe even just foster at first. Where are you guys living at? Where Where are you guys located? I'll let you go first. I mean, I'm I'm up I'm in a little small town in upstate New York. Um, I, I live with my girlfriend and my sister now at this uh, two two story apartment. So. Is it near uh, Syracuse? Uh, not quite. Not quite. We're close no. to Albany. So he's up in Schuylerville, but I live in. I just moved to Gilderland, which is actually like like 15 minutes away from Albany. Okay. Yeah, I've been up there. We played a crazy place in Albany. In uh, Albany is just a crazy place in general. <laughs> What's that place in Albany that's like a barn? Oh, hold up, it. hold up. A barn. Is that... Fuck. That reminds me. Chrome? No, Chrome was a newer place. Yeah, that's um, a newer place, Pat. No, it was a straight up, like, giant barn that lots of metal bands played. Aiden played there, like... Must have been about 15 years ago now. So there was, it starts with a J because it was like, um, oh man, I can't even remember. Um, But I know that uh, the one, uh, there were a couple of venues in Albany that aren't quite like barns, but they're like really small, like dirty venues, like uh, fucking Valentine's that used to exist before somebody got stabbed. And then, you know, that became a whole fucking situation fucking valentine's was my favorite but then bogeys got shut down just because no one could afford to actually take care of the place yeah Yeah. but you know those were those were my hangouts and that's where i used to play a lot of uh a lot of hardcore stuff but it's it's not what it is anymore i mean the fuse box was pretty like you could tell Fuse box was fun fuse box is fun it's just so fucking small (laughs) and there's no stage that i oh i love that too but like, of course, you got to get like these stupid. I don't know how you feel about crowd killers, William, but the, you get those all the time now in those little little venues. Well, crowd killers. Crowd killers are. <laughs> They're funny when nothing actually comes of it. But sometimes, you know, you get those guys that are like the big fucking big fat piece of shit dude who just wants to go around hitting women. And it's just like how is that even a thing or even just the mosh pit like yeah yeah i'm down with a mosh pit okay but but like that guy's not part of the mosh pit he just goes around trying to swing at everybody yeah basically yeah that yeah okay so i I didn't understand the reference i mean those guys have existed since i was going to hardcore shows in the 90s yeah you can always tell yeah but usually it was like hardcore now it's like every genre now of metal yeah, <laughs> yeah that, you know what that's true that is true i'm all metal about having a good time different than hardcore shows when I was yeah there. i mean i like you, you do you you have your fun and shit but like i'm just trying to enjoy <laughs> i don't need to get hit when i'm not in the pit <laughs> i'm not gonna lie when was the last time you moshed, Will? Oh, man. The last time I moshed? Yeah. Shit. You know what? <laughs> um, Warp Tour 2017. I got oh. in the pit for uh, 
uh, sick of it all. Oh, that's a good hit. <laughs> so I've been I, I've been a sick of it all fan since I like probably '99. Yeah, since '99. And when I did Warp Tour this last you know a few years ago now, um, those dudes came and watched my show every day, like every day because they were you know they're old they're old now yeah. they're yeah. not like young hardcore dudes that are like oh fucking minor threat anything at all. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, they all in a fucking Depeche mode and you know shit like that. So yeah. they would come to my show, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like playing these sets at Warp Tour, and sick of it all is fucking watching me play. <laughs> <laughs> like twenty years ago, I was at fucking El Cord, you know, Graceland in Seattle, mm-hmm. fucking jumping off the stage and head walking and shit to sick of it all. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. So yeah, Warp Tour two thousand seventeen. But before that, I, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I think we, that downswing show was the last time that I threw down. But yeah, after, after this quarantine, man, I just want to pit. I don't even care. I'll come out of mosh retirement. I don't care. <laughs> it's literally. I just, I just need a good show at this point, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't think shows are coming back for a while, man. No, it's, it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while. I'll just mosh in my living room, whatever. I'll just destroy my house. No big deal. <laughs> I'll just crowd kill my wife. It'll be all right. <laughs> We're gonna take you out, dude. We're just gonna take you out. Just why not? I'll teach my son how I'll teach my son the moves. I mean, he moshes harder than anybody else in this house at this point. Yeah. He he oh, does man. all the damage. Your son, he's three and a half. He's he's throwing down all the time. Legos, <laughs> action figures, throwing them. It the house always looks like the aftermath. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get him a toy box, man. Teach him how to put his all his toys away. Yeah. I'm working on that. That's that's the thing we're working on now is not <laughs> making a mess and cleaning up after himself. But you know he's at that age where he just he doesn't understand his fucking emotions. So all part of figuring it out. He'll figure it out. Oh yeah, and then oh, yeah. he'll teach the new one, and then you won't have to do shit. I don't know. I don't know about that because I'm I'm gonna be put in a very unique situation. My daughter's gonna have Down syndrome, so it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. Um, this it's gonna be quite an experience. Either way, I'm still excited to be having a kid. I don't care. I I said it before. Like even with uh, Jacoby, I was like, I don't care if the kid's got autism or whatever. Like I'm I'm just I'm gonna love that kid all the same. So good man meanwhile i just have an asshole cat running around (laughs) too man cats are awesome oh no he's great he's the grayest cat but he's just (laughs) (laughs) like i think just a little bit ago he just crashed something (laughs) what else are we going to talk about Honestly, I'm curious about the new music. So you dropped Abuse, which gave me some serious nostalgic vibes. Wow, right? that face. Me... He got super excited for that when you said that. I, I, I was just waiting for the right time to ask, all right? Abuse, first of all, is a hell of a title to come out after everything that's gone down. The song sounded like hate culture, in my opinion, but of sh- I'm, I'm sure you have your own thoughts on that. So... Um, was that something that you already had kind of uh, sitting aside and just waited to release or? No, man, I've, I've spent, let's see, when did quarantine happen? 
Oh God! Like March. Start March, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was I was building I was building something, and I finished that in April, and then I pretty much spent from April until September uh, writing a whole new album. Oh, okay. So I got a whole new bucket of fucking wax to throw on. (laughs) And that's the first song that I decided to drop. But you did write that song in quarantine. I did, yeah. I wrote the whole album. So you'd say it's completed. When I wrote it, when I say I wrote it in quarantine, uh, I recorded it in in quarantine. I write the songs all in my head. Mm Mm-hmm all throughout, you know, living. And then when I finally sit down, then I just put it in the box. <laughs> and that's what you hear. I have this weird but method yeah, with lyrics where I just literally just put them into my fucking Google Docs and I, I revise them fucking a million times. Like, I've got songs from, like, eight years ago. I'm still revising and shit. Huh. I got mad respect for anybody that could just put together a song, just sit down, put down a song, put together a song, and just walk away from it. Because I, I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, you just got to fuck, fuck it, man. You can always write more. That's true. That's true. You know what? The best, the best song has already been written. Okay? You're never going to write the best song. It's true. You're never, never going to write Smells Like Teen Spirit. You're never going to write uh, fucking... I want to anyway. Niggas with attitude. You're never gonna write. You're never gonna write these songs. So fuck it. Yeah. Fuck revising. Just write it. Put it out. That's the way to look at it, man. So how how many songs are we looking at here? Like twenty eight, thirty, <laughs> double album. No, it's a whole it's a whole album. It's like thirteen songs. Okay. Thirteen's right. <laughs> a good number for an album, honestly. It's it's the right amount. Just the right amount, as long as it's not three hours long. If I played some stuff on my laptop, would you be able to hear it? I um, think so. A, usually the easiest way to do it is to uh, go and share the screen. But oh, I don't know how the audio over your – because you're coming in straight Ooh, through your regular like laptop microphone, aren't you? Yeah, it's going to be bad. Laptop speakers into a laptop <laughs> microphone, that'd be god-awful. <laughs> Not saying I don't want to hear it because that'd be a fucking lie. <laughs> we'll just have to wait have to wait that's right for this deliciousness now what's the album called oh man i don't (laughs) it's ready to drop but he doesn't know the name (laughs) no okay here's here's what i'm working with all right i um usually in the past you know i've i've released albums because Vic, the first two albums I did for William Control were on Victory. So mm-hmm. he was like, we're going to put this album out in October. So have it ready. Okay, boom, we put it out. And, mm-hmm. and subsequently, it's like, okay, well, a couple years have passed. Let's drop an album in June. Then we'll go on tour. We'll do the single here. We'll do, you know what I mean? So You're there's right. always been a set schedule for when we're going to do things. And now the world is so different, you know, and I'm not touring anymore. So I don't have any schedule. I can just do whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want. Um, So I really haven't decided if I'm going to, am I going to drop this whole album at once and just say goodbye? Am I going to do like two EPs? Am I going to, 
what, what, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it Go doesn't really flow. matter because music is not, you know, I'm not relying on going on tour to make a living anymore. You know, so I, I really did this album because I wanted to make a piece of art and not because, oh, I got to put something out because I need to go on tour and I need to sell t-shirts and I have to make money and oh, I got these bills to pay. So life is a lot different. So now uh, I laugh when you ask what's the title of it because it's fucked up and <laughs> I haven't decided when I'm going to release that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, look, all right. I'll put it this way. All right. I when I saw the title, You're going of, to love it though. Okay. I know I'm gonna. So I've been a we, fan we, of everything we're gonna love it. so far. Like, but and and I'm not just. I wouldn't say that to blow smoke up your ass. I'm not that kind of guy. But like, I've been a fan of yours since I was a teenager. And so knowing that there's new music in the chamber ready to go, it excites me. I don't give a fuck what it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot at the very least. But I saw that title and I'm like, fuck, dude. He's coming out the gate swinging. Oh, I got some other pretty good ones too. <sighs> okay, this is something I that we all ask because, what was it, episode fifty-five or something? We reacted to abuse. Yeah, we all wanted to know what is the footage from that video. From? Yeah, what is what that? is that from? Um, it's an old, it's an old fucking stupid fucked up movie. It's like a silent movie called Haxon. Okay, Haxon. Yeah. I'm writing that down because honestly, I don't care. I love B movies. I don't care how bad it is. I'm gonna watch it and find some sort of value. Like out of it, it. I, I've never heard of it, but like it's the 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 name of it sounds familiar. It like, sounds I like don't an know anime. Where. It, it does. It sounds like a fucking anime. Yeah, it's free. It's us. It's free. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "There's just too many memes within yeah. this. There's just I too much." I filmed a video for the next song I'm going to release. Did you do that all yourself? Uh, yeah. And that brings me to... Ooh. Aesthetic as fuck. I like that. So what can you tell us about that? I don't know. I'm just fucking dressed up like the devil. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. That's pretty dope. You wearing crazy. lipstick? I can't tell. Lipstick, man. My whole fucking face is painted. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention, Pat. Fuck. <laughs> I've been drinking. I'm sorry. Shit. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> oh, man. Did you hire no, somebody no. to paint your face or did you do that yourself? Yeah, my woman did it. Well, well there you go. <laughs> but but you know the oh. question after that is which one? Oh damn. Uh Nikki. You need anything? What's up? Oh here. French fries. <laughs> French fries. Who doesn't like French fries? Um yeah so i mean it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird time like i have this album i put a song out i'll probably put another one out soon fuck do i care <laughs> i'll just drop i'll just drop the whole album with a cd sometime and, and that'll be that 
I love how you just don't give a fuck. I love it. I mean, can you blame me? No. 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 (laughs) It's it's refreshing, honestly, because a lot of the times that we are sitting down with musicians, we're appreciating their hustle because a lot of the time, you know, we're talking to a lot of up and coming artists. And so they're doing what they can to find a way to break through all the fucking noise. And because we all know there's a lot of fucking noise out there. And so, you know, it's kind of it's just interesting to see, you know, someone just maybe I'll drop it tomorrow. I don't know. It would make my day. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) I wish everybody was just putting out a song, like writing a song right now. Just being like, all right, I'm going to upload it. Whatever. Instead of worrying about going through all these different fucking channels, getting things approved, and just, eh, I like the idea of this DIY, get it out there, put it out there, do whatever. Oh, yeah, man. Very free. There was nothing more infuriating than trying to work with a label that owes you money and doesn't want to pay you. Like, I'll give you an example. When I did, okay, so when you, you know, Victory Records was set up like uh, the way, the way that your record advances work, however many albums you sell previous is what your record advance is going to be for the next album, right? Mm -hmm. So like when we signed to Victory Records, Aiden signed in 2004, they're like, okay, well, here's $20,000 for Nightmare Anatomy. Cool, fuck $20,000 for some punk rock kids that are broke as fuck. Oh my God, we're rich now. We can make the greatest album ever. Yeah. You know, and then we sold a fuckload of those albums. So the next album we did was Conviction. Uh, our budget was like $100,000. So that's kind of how yeah. it works. Oh, right? okay. So when I was doing, you know, like the last William Patrol album on Victory, which was Noir, I did Hate Culture. And my, my record advance for... Uh, Noir was like 30 grand or something. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the album. I'm in the studio recording it. I need this money for this thing. And, and the dude that fucking manages the money, his name is Clint. And I, I don't want to say he's a dickhead or he's an asshole. He's just, he's a money guy. And to, in order to get the money, you have to submit invoices and the invoices have to be fucking dated properly. And I, it is probably the most counterintuitive thing to a creative mind on planet earth. It's like, dude, you owe me 30 grand. Give me 30 grand. I'll give you a fucking album, even trade. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not like that. You have to yeah. submit these invoices for everything and, and then email and be like, Hey dude, the fucking artwork guy didn't get paid. Cause the artwork guy is now emailing me. Oh, I've got my money from victory. It's a total nightmare, total fucking nightmare. And when I did my first album away from Victory, which is Salentium, I didn't know uh, really how to do anything, you know? And I got online, and this was in 2011. I got online and I was like, hey, I want to make an album. Are you into that? Here, let me sell you some packages and I'll send you some shit. And over the course of the weekend, I think that first weekend, I pulled in like $20,000 in my PayPal account. And I was like okay, well, now I could just pay for everything and be fucking done and have an album done. This yeah. is way better. And I didn't have to 
sending any fucking invoices because the money was in my account. So fuck record labels. Forever. <laughs> All right. As as I did that, I was like, we're never going back. I'm never doing that again. I'm doing all this shit myself forever. Was your entire experience with Victory Records all right? Or did you have any horror stories? Because every time that I'm I'm listening to podcasts with different guys who've been signed to Victory, a lot of them have some fucking horror stories. No, I don't have any horror stories, man. I have fucking great stories about Victory Records. I figured as much. Fucking Tony's Mansion warehouse thing with all these fucking hookers that he would bring back after fucking wrestling events. <laughs> Bro, he's doing cocaine and shit. Bro, that he, that dude was crazy. I loved hanging out with Tony Brummel. And as far as our career, I mean, I knew I was getting into when I signed to Victory Records. Mm-hmm. I wasn't an idiot. You read all these stories. Oh, Victory doesn't pay and Victory scams all this money. Like, mm-hmm. okay, but your band is famous as fuck and you're on MTV. And what are you complaining about? You're making money on tour. Like, I knew the deal. You know, I, I didn't sign to victory, sell half a million albums and go, why isn't victory paid me any money? You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> he spent, he spent all the money. He spent all the money promoting all the other bands. That's why all the bands were famous. Right. So, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have any horror stories. No, I think you just knew what you were getting yourself into. Yeah. More or less. I, and having unrealistic expectations is the ultimate fucking uh catch 22 of being a musician anyway you know you think you're gonna put out an album and suddenly everyone's gonna care about you it's actually quite the fucking opposite no no man i i knew when i was a kid when i when we when we started aiden we started touring like my goal for that band was to make enough money every night to get to the next city so we could play another show. Because I didn't give a fuck about anything except performing. You know, that was, that was literally my goal. Well, if I can make a little extra money to, you know, buy some new pants that I ripped the crotch out of three nights ago, that'd be great too. <laughs> but I really just want to get to the next city and have enough money to buy a bur- you know, a Whopper from Burger King or whatever. And that, and that was my plan. And, and being on Victory Records... I see I far exceeded my expectations in with regards to, you know, the height that I received, you know, reached in, in the music industry. And, it, and it's only because I signed to victory records because I almost signed to nitro records. I sent, I had a, before we signed to victory, we, we were friends with this band called the start and they were on nitro. And the, that's the, the, the label that did like first couple AFI albums and it's the dude from uh, the offspring Dexter Holland oh, yeah. and we had met the A&R guy from Nitro Records and I was like yo sign us we're sick <laughs> <laughs> and he was like well you know we gotta kind of wait and you know we'll see what happens on this next thing you're trying to do and I was like all right and he, and I'll tell you I'll tell you how I got signed to Victor and but I, it was 2004 and we had played a show with Silverstein and we became friends with them. Mm-hmm. And so Silverstein had told Victory about us and it must've been the right, right about the fall, maybe like November or something. I had, I was sitting in my rat infested basement apartment in Seattle Oh my! after God. band practice. And I was like, 
man, fuck this. I'm going to email this dude. And I didn't know their email. I didn't know Tony Brummel's email. I fucking sat down on my computer and was like, well, it has to be Tony at Victory Records. And I also did it to Brett at Epitaph Records. I, I wrote in Brett at Epitaph Records. And I did a couple other guys like Fearless, you know, but like these independent labels. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and wrote this email that was like, hey, my name's Will. And I'm in this band called Aiden. And we're sick and we've done these tours and we've you know done all this stuff and we're gonna and i'm gonna be a rock star and you're gonna sign us or you're not but either way i'm gonna be a rock star later bro or something stupid i see those fucking emails man i would love to see those emails dude i wish i i wish i still had it but i did that and then i was like okay whatever and i and then i went and did something else and an hour later man i checked my email and there's an email from tony brummel and, and the email said are you ready to make this band your full-time job? And I was this like, motherfucker gets it. Oh, yes. Perfect subject yeah, line. I wrote, I wrote him back, man. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And you know, and you know what else? Brett at Epitaph Records is not the right email. It's Brett at Epitaph. I don't know. I don't know if I could even say this in a public interview we'll just bleep over everything you just fucking said i don't know we'll see we'll see what i I got tony brummel's email correct i didn't get brett so i could have signed epitaph but maybe that wouldn't have worked out but tony was like his email back to me was are you ready to make this band your full-time job that's all it said and i wrote back yes absolutely what do i have to do and he and then we set up uh um a showcase and he flew aiden out and we played you know songs to like five victory people in this cold Chicago like nightclub, some sketchy ass nightclub. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little place that they had, you know, amps and a PA and stuff. And they came in. They came in. And I remember it. I'll never, I'll never forget this, man. They came in the back, like the you know stage was set and the, the doorway was at the back wall. And they came in and they all kind of filed in the back of the place. And, and we were like, all right, well, let's go. And then I, I was I was screaming the mic like, yo, get the fuck up here, get up here. Which is like five people. <laughs> and we, we played like three songs and we we smashed it out. And they were like, and he was like, okay, we're gonna sign you. Do you have a record ready to go? And I was like, hell yeah, I got a record. I had no songs written. <laughs> My favorite part so far of this whole story. I had no it's songs true. written. Fuck yeah. I had nothing. Fake it till no you songs. make it. None. I was like, yo, hell yeah, dude. We got a full ass record ready to go, son. Let's let's rock. And, and okay, how old were you at the time? What's that? How old were you at this time? Oh, man. I must have been. This was, this was like early 20s. Yeah, 22. All right. 22. So I'll never get energy over though. I'll never get over that. Yeah, we got a record in your back of your mind. I have no fucking idea what oh we're doing. God, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I went. I went home immediately from that trip, bro, and wrote Nightmare Anatomy in like two weeks. That's Fuck wild. You. Shut Fuck off. Weeks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shit, we recorded it in ten days. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 10 days to record Nightmare Anatomy. Oh my God. Bro, that's all the money we had. $20,000 to make an album back in 2004 was not very much. The studio itself was like a thousand a day. It's a very different climate to be a musician in 2004 than it is now. 
oh dude you needed so much bro the cheapest you can you can go to a studio and record but the cheapest studio that you could have gone to was like still 400 a day without a producer without an engineer so you're still either doing it yourself or you're paying someone you know two three hundred dollars to engineer your shit plus the 400 that you're already there for that was just for the studio yeah Mind you, when it was way more by the freaking hour too. Yeah. So that you know, all all of our records, the only record really that we took our time with was Conviction, mainly because we had a hundred thousand dollars. And that makes sense. I mean, when you listen to that record, you can hear it. Yeah, that album it took four weeks to make, and then then (laughs) and then, dude, I was like we're never spending a hundred thousand dollars on an album ever again, because I'm going to start producing these albums because I just paid $50,000 to a producer who sat on the couch and did this. Cool. Good. Good. Do that again. Sounds good. <laughs> For 50 fucking thousand dollars. That's all he did. I was like, we're not doing that anymore. We're not paying a producer. Oh, anymore. Fuck that. I'm, I'm producing him. I'm going to record him. I'm, we're going to take the next album from Knives. I'm going to take it. I'm going to upgrade the studio stuff to Pro Tools HD and buy a couple pieces of outboard gear, distressors. And then I'm making the album. And I recorded Knives in six days. Now, Knives came out, what, 2008, 2009? 2009. 2009. And it took that long for you to pretty much be like, all right, I can, I can figure out how to be an audio engineer. I can, I can do this. Yeah, well, the first the first couple albums, man, I was like sitting there, you know, watching what they were doing, you know, on the computer. Yeah. And with all the outboard gear, and I I was the one because I I'm the one that recorded all of the Aiden stuff. Like I did all the guitars and the, the bass and the vocals and all that shit. So I was always in the studio watching what the engineer was doing. You know, what does this do? Oh, what does this manly do? What is this? distressor do what is what is what is this mm-hmm. right. i've always been curious and i wanted to know how to use pro tools and when i when we did conviction i did uh i did all the pre-production for conviction so like i had a studio already and i recorded all the songs so that when we went to the studio we knew what we were doing we're like oh here producer check out this song and he's like oh sick okay yeah now i know what to do <laughs> so i already kind of learned how to record but then with knives, I was like, no, I'm producing this now. And we're going to do it like Steve Albini. So we're doing everything in one take. If you fuck up, you got to redo it. And my drummer, bro, Jake was the nastiest drummer on earth. He did 16 songs in eight hours. One take. Learned All knives, and played them, right? What's that? Learned them and played them in 16 hours. Well, no, like we had been practicing the songs. For gotcha, a few. gotcha. <laughs> But when we actually recorded, he did all of his drum tracks in eight hours. And every drum track on Knives is once the song starts, it's start to finish with no cuts. That's him. Like, I I didn't want to edit drums. Editing drums is the worst job on earth. The worst. I I hate editing drums so much. (laughs) I'm learning how to do, like, trap beats and stuff. And just the MIDI work alone pisses me off so like i can't imagine actually working with wave files 
cutting and trying to drag and make it sound exactly immaculate the way you envision it in your head. Oh my God. I can't, I can't imagine that. No, he, he is just literally the nastiest drummer, bro. All those tracks are no, no, there's no edits in those. I didn't edit those drums, bro. He played those drums and that's on the fucking album. Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. No, Band, not really. They don't have drummers that good, really. We we have different kinds of drummers now. I feel yeah. like a lot of them are either session players, people you hire on for a tour, or you know, like most of the time, everything's drag and drop MIDI. It's yeah. it's a different. It's so different. Like the art of being a musician is almost gone. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's funny. That's funny you mentioned that, man. Because, like, when I started William Control, so I did Hate Culture the year before Knives. And mm -hmm. so I also produced that album as well. <clears throat> right. And you did a lot with analog synths. Yeah. Right? But yeah, but, but the thing that people don't realize about William Control is that we're not, I'm not like this synth artist. That's, you know, all the, all, all this synth shit. Like I'm a punk rock kid. If you listen to hate <laughs> culture, or if you listen to any William Control album and you just replace the synths with guitars, bro, mm -hmm. they're just like misfit songs. Right. They're just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, end. Mm -hmm. That's all they are. They're not like droning, industrial, ah, la, 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 la. You know what I mean? Like, they're just punk rock songs. <laughs> and when I did that first album, man, I didn't know how to make a synth album at all. I wrote in hate culture entirely on guitar. I did most of the songs with guitar and, and bass. I only had a drum machine because I didn't want to edit drums. <laughs> I didn't want a drummer. I mean, it's it's different. It's totally different. But like, you had to actually get an actual uh, drum machine, and you didn't work with like VSTs or anything like that. Because at this time, this wasn't actually even a thing yet. No, man. There, there was, dude. It, it's a way different world that we live in now, with regards to analog versus digital. Like, if you go and you listen to hate culture, it sounds like shit sonically sounds probably the worst sounding album that i have everything there's like too much stuff on it there's not enough compression on things like the technology to make a synth album wasn't that great you know in 2008 when i when i was trying to make when i was trying to make hate culture like a i didn't know how to make a synth album i knew how to make punk rock albums but I wanted to make a punk rock album with synths, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I definitely get that because I didn't understand at the time. I had no idea why this was so appealing to me listening to hate culture because I, I wasn't really a fan of like Depeche Mode or um, or quite anything like that up until that point. So I was like, why is this so appealing to me? And then I really started to dive in and I, I was like, well, I mean, I like Skrillex. I like dubstep a little bit. So like, and knowing that like Sonny went from being the singer from first to last to being this massive dubstep artist that he is now, it's, it's no, it makes perfect sense that people from being in bands would want to go solo and do their own fucking thing at one point. Just, it yeah, just well, makes I, perfect sense. I wanted to do a, I wanted to do a solo project <clears throat> that was completely different to what I was doing. 
in in Aiden, you know, like like a lot of singers that go off and they do solo stuff. It sounds like their band. Why why aren't you just doing that song for your band? Mm-hmm. You know, right. so I wanted to do something that was completely different. But I don't, dude. I learned how to play guitar because I listened to Nirvana. Like, do you think I'm a great musician? I fucking suck at music. No, I am. You know what I am? I'm an illiterate musician. I'm not classically trained. I don't know how to read music. If you gave me a piece of sheet music and said, read this, I'd be like, I don't know what it says. I mean, it's a song. (laughs) I'm I'm literally illiterate. I told the guitarist in my last band when he tried to hand me sheet music, I was like, the best I can do is wipe my ass with this. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah. Best I can do. I didn't get it. Like now I can open up a DAW and work on MIDI. MIDI is like, what I'm learning. Well, MIDI has changed a lot because MIDI used to suck. It used to be so difficult, man, but now it's really, really easy. It depends on what software you've got because I'm still working <clears throat> in some seriously old, old technology. Like I'm working with Mixcrafts and like a lot of the, the guys I know are working in like Cubase. I know that face <laughs> says it all. Why am I still working? The fucking program crashes when I have any more than five VSTs playing at once. All right, well. It's 2020, bro. Get something new. I know. I got to put some money into it is what I got to do. I got the right instruments for what I'm trying to do, but ugh. time yeah, to upgrade I've, the DAW. I, I, what I wanted William Control to sound like, like from the start is what I was able to achieve on Revelations. Like I always wanted William Control to have like that thumpy 80s bass sound. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Revelations that I kind of finally figured it out, figured out my sound. And I wish that I would have been able to make that possible in those earlier albums, but that's just the way it is. Well, you got to grow. You got to yeah. make those steps, make your mistakes. And there's nothing, there's no, nothing wrong with making those mistakes either. Like you could look back and say that, Hey, culture sounded like shit, but like, you know, a lot of your core fans really love that album. Yeah, no, I mean, and I understand why too. Like, song, song wise, is great. It's the reason why I like the Misfits, man. The Misfits, I I believe, are one of the greatest bands to ever exist. Do their albums sound great? No, they sound like shit, and they suck at their fucking instruments. But the songs are awesome. But they're fun. <laughs> I think songs. above all else, it's fun. Yeah, you the understand the energy. Great, yeah. And in, now that I, you know, I'm a musician, I know how much it costs to make an album. I understand that they didn't have enough money to make albums, bro. They had to get in there and do all their songs in one day and be done because that's all the money right. they had. Like a, a, a roll of Quantity two-inch two tape, it, it was astronomical. It's so much fucking money. <clears throat> it comes as no surprise that Danzig would talk shit on people who do like sweep guitar picking and stuff like that, like to sound fancy and stuff like that. Like, what did you really think that guy was going to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, the guy but- knows he's not good at guitar, but that's not the point. He plays, he, he's good at writing songs. And I think that that is something that like a lot of this generation doesn't understand is that songwriting is way more important than a good sounding uh, album. Or a sweep. Yeah. Yeah. I I could drag and drop a sweep picking guitar thing right now. I could do it. 
It, yeah, but you can't, you, you're never going to walk around and in your head go, you're never going to do that. But you are going to walk picture around doing it. You, you are going to walk around and in your head and you'll be like, I'm your 138. I'm your 138. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a song, dude, your song can just change the world. You got to have that. You know, I always, I always talk about, you know, that, you know, the band Blackville Brides. Oh, yeah. Of course I do. I love Blackville Brides. I've loved them for a long time since they started. And the singer was a big Aiden fan, come to find out, which is why he took me on a bunch of tours. I'm not but surprised by I, that at all. What I always loved about Blackville Brides, man, is they did exactly what I wanted Aiden to be. I always wanted Aiden to be a combination of the Misfits and Metallica. But you know what? We just sucked at our instruments, so we just kept it more misfits. But Blackville Brides, man, is is a pretty good mix of the misfits and metallic. How do you like their new shit that they came out with? Um, I, I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. They yeah. literally just dropped a song too. Kyle, they, I still they, haven't listened to it. I still haven't listened to it, Kyle. It sounds like uh it sounds like what they would put out. It sounds like what they would put out. It's not bad. But what I will say is that I really like the evolution of Andy's voice. I really feel like he found himself through his own solo project. Because like I didn't like the first couple records, but I, I, I always said, instrumentally, I fucked with that. I was really into that. But Yeah, this motherfucker's putting on a fucking suit, taking pictures in black and white, having some electronic band. Where do you think you got that shit from, huh? Me! <laughs> it's some bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I got no idea. No idea. <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> oh, shit. But, I mean, I think we could say something pretty similar, except for minus the solo project part about what happened with Motionless and White. I mean, that band was never really too good at their instruments, in my opinion. But I like their song structures. But they were also yeah. going for the more post-hardcore sound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that dude, they, they write songs, you know what I mean? And they have an aesthetic, you know, that people are into the whole, like, I'm a spook. I'm a spooky goth. Ooh, watch out for my makeup. <laughs> I get it. Well, I was in, I'm fuck. I was in Aiden. What are you talking about? Like, I understand most of this white. I used to paint my face too. I get it. I still want to do it every day. I wake up every day, look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, ah, not going to happen. I want to, but not going to happen. <laughs> I used to look like a carbon copy of Motionless. And, and it's funny because looking back on that time period in my life, like I can say that now, but I wouldn't have said it then. I mean, but why did you do that? Because you liked that aesthetic and you felt like a I part did. of it. When you put on that face paint, you felt like when you painted your neck up with that black shit, you felt like you were part of their gang. It was I mean, a sense of community. It's, it's like Juggalos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, yeah. No, I and you know what? I've got nothing against the Juggalos. All right. Like, you know, there's a couple. In every group, there's always a couple bad eggs. But for the most part, they're all pretty fucking chill dudes. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. You have to you have to respect what they've done for themselves and their fans. Like I've, I've known about ICP since the nineties. I, I, I heard them in the nineties when they were fucking, you know, sitting front row with the chicken show. Oh, you know, 
And yeah. I've never been a big fan of their music. I'm not a huge rap. There's like a couple of rappers that I like, but I'm not a huge fan of, of their music. But what I am a fan of is how they, how they spent their entire career being humiliated by the media and by hipsters and by the, you know, cool people and, uh, record labels who didn't want anything to do with them because they they thought they were a joke and people really kind of just considering them a joke band and how they have persevered through that and decided you know what radio is not going to play us uh mtv is not going to play us these record labels aren't going to sign us let's just do it ourselves and in fact let's invite all of the people who feel disenfranchised in the world who are weirdos and skaters and druggies and you know people that feel like they don't fit in and go you can be part of our family now you know and and really kind of created this whole subculture of people that support their shit and buy all their shit and you know they'll never have to work again no, they own all not. of their music they own all of their merch they own everything and they're making fucking millions of dollars a year while the hipsters in spin are like <laughs> stupid juggalo and the writer is fucking living in some box box in New York city and can't Take afford it. I'll be right back. Out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. What did he say? He's taking he, off. He's got to take a piss. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I really feel like good for them. Yeah. Good for I, them. I personally wasn't a huge juggalo fan, but. But now that you explain more of what, like, oh, hey, they own, like, a shit ton of stuff. And they, they were on, like, wrestling at one point. Yeah, dude. They were on, like, a WWE Raw, and they got their ass kicked. <laughs> no, no, I'm telling you. Like, like when, when they went on Raw, it was, like, it was like in the Attitude Era. And they were, like, oh, what, what, what are we going to do with these idiots? And they basically just uh, – how, how do I put this? They, they like – Vince McMahon didn't like obviously them so they had him basically killed in the ring and then the ICP click were like you know what fuck this we're gonna make our own wrestling so they made their own wrestling shit so I was like I don't know that's great yeah that's it was, uh, what I really respect about them the most man people just clown on them they're, they're dressed up as clowns and they're the ones laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. While all these cool hipster dudes are like, well, oh, fuck ICP, man. Oh, they, don't, they don't make good music and their fans are stupid. And oh, I'm just going to fucking jerk <laughs> off on this fucking computer screen. Fuck, fuck you, you hipster dork. Because they're driving Lamborghinis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they live in humongous houses in Michigan. Like they're having a good life. Yeah, they're probably the like most richest person in Michigan, minus Eminem and shit. I mean, next to Eminem, they probably are some of the wealthiest people in Michigan. Yeah, I, I and they don't look it. They don't look it at all. I mean, then again, why would you look it? Why would you look the part of being rich? Like, what does what does rich look like now? Oh, jeez, way different than it did. Yeah. And then, you know, in the 90s, you thought of a rich person, you thought like business suit, you know, fucking yep. stupid haircut, and briefcase, those are rich people. Yeah. Like, now, like, like an... RDB is rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're used to seeing like, oh, I don't know, like a, 
an old Cadillac, a nice black Cadillac that people drive. And now you see like huge Bentleys and Lamborghinis and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. World. It's a crazy world we live in. It is. It is crazy. Well, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, I'm not sure. Pat usually helps me out with that stuff. <laughs> he's got, he's, what did he say? He was going to the bathroom? Yeah, real quick. <laughs> but his, his, uh, his, his son is probably giving him a hard time now because he, he's out of his little room. Yep, there he is. <laughs> there he is. I don't want to. Yep, exactly. And right now I have the cat in my, in my lap. <laughs> he is passed out. Completely passed out. That's what they do. I would pick him up <laughs> and show him, but I think I caught I caught a little bit. Yeah, he's um he's sixty percent Siamese, so he's he's crazy. And the other half and the other forty percent, I have no idea. No idea. Dude, that's the great thing about cats is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Unless you got fucking uh, a hairless cat, then it kind of does. Yeah, those. I'm sorry. Like uh, my my, my wife and I both want one for sure. Yo, my well, they're a lot of. You got to take care of things. Like yeah, you got to give them like a very specific bath, like once a week. My wife was actually just talking about that today because she was telling me about all these different types of like weird breeds of cat she wants. I've always wanted like a Scottish fold cat, the ones with the ears that are folded down. Really? Yeah, they got um, they got a Scottish fold cat. They're stupid expensive. They're like uh, you know how cats regular have their ears up and stuff like that, but it's actually folded down. Hmm. Like that's how they are. And um, oh, what is it? like like my sister wanted uh, like a hairless cat, and I don't know if my girlfriend does. Please no. But I was I always said I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like having my nutsack freshly shaven running around. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sorry. You know there sweaty. is like a yeah. They're like sweaty and gross. <laughs> There's a thin layer of hair on them though, like really Very thin. thin. Yeah. Yeah. So- I, someone told me a joke um it was like a meme type joke so it was like a lot of text but it was um basically someone in an office had like a cat that was within the office and it was a hairless cat the fucking cat and and apparently all of their uh desks were glass and stuff like that so there would be these little imprints and they never knew what it was from until they realized it was after the cat sat down at their desk and they're the little little kiss marks so the term they used for it was butt puckers. <laughs> I'm done. That's so leaving butt puckers for everybody, letting them know I'm how much he loves them. Done. I'm done. That's and cool. so every time I go up and give my wife a kiss on the cheek, I'm like, I always let her know I'm li- I'm giving her a quick butt pucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but, um. What else were we going to talk about today? Now, um, I, I, I really didn't want to get into this topic, but are you still dealing with the stuff that you used to deal with still? Like uh, the hate and shit? Well, what do you mean? Like, uh... like, um, like when you made those videos, are you still like getting hate from that shit still? Or is it like... I mean, there's like a couple of rogue fucking dorks. They're like, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> 
And then someone will be like, yeah, but did you see the video? Because no, that's just yeah, and then so, And then they just stop. So yeah, not really. So like viewers know that like we've talked about many other musicians at this point who have had who have faced similar allegations to you, not quite the to the level of extremity that you had faced, but we would bring up their response videos. And every time we're watching them, we're like, these guys just didn't watch Will's videos. They don't understand how to actually respond to accusations, because if they're actually innocent, they would know how to handle this shit. They would be completely transparent open up their phone, let them see all the text messages. And I'm not just talking about like, we're going to zoom in on one part of a text message. You know what I mean? It, it was always some like that's what, super that's bullshit. What they did to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they contacted the magazine. The magazine was like, oh, well, I get, okay, he did this. Did you have any proof? And they're like, yeah, here's a message where I'm like, ooh, what's up, you are? You did this, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, he's an abuser. Yeah. The, head, the headlines were insane. And the articles were even worse. Like, are, is this high school? Are you a journalist? You're not even a journalist. Did you even contact me for, you know, a quote or anything? Did, did anyone let me defend myself? Oh, no, you didn't. You just you came out with these fucking headlines and this one-sided information. With it's no, all clickbait. Yeah, dude. That's, well, I mean, let me tell you something. What these people wanted, these girls wanted to hurt me. The magazines wanted clicks. The websites all saw a clickbaity story that they could make ad revenue off of. It had no basis in reality, and they really didn't care about the truth or what their articles, how much damage their articles could have done. They just wanted ad revenue. And I, as, as a capitalist, like I, I understand that. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, as a human being, like, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, like a business standpoint, okay, I respect, but as a person, fuck you. <laughs> That's basically yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really. I'm not like well versed on all these musicians with all these accusations. I can, I can understand it. Like if, back in the day, you know, if you if you heard, you know, like you had a girlfriend or. You know, one of your, your, your friends who's a girl is like, oh, well, he did this to me. You're like, what? You suit up. We're going to fight yeah. You know what I mean? But nowadays, you're like, yeah, but what really yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Careful. What did he say? Well, what, you know what I mean? Like, she now what, Yeah. Now, what actually, like, what, did, what, what was the other side? Like, you yeah. need to get on the other side of what, what's going on and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, if, that, if, if anything is... If, if this last, if these last couple of years have taught us anything, is that what we see online is not mostly not reality. Mm -hmm. Everything has an agenda, politically, socially, like everything has an agenda. Yeah. And had any of those magazines, I'll I'll give you a little context. I was during that whole fucking fiasco when it first started happening in, in 2018 i was contacted i was contacted by a lot of a lot of people were like trying to hit me up and i was trying to you know get through my divorce but i was contacted by the stranger here in seattle which is like a big seattle newspaper it's like the hipster newspaper and also vice vice magazine and vice uh did some actual journalism that that girl, whatever her name, I can't remember her name, uh, 
ask some real questions. And I provided some, some the evidence that I have in those videos, I gave to her, like, this is the reality. In, in that situation and with the guy from The Stranger who actually came down and interviewed me. He's like, hey man, I got this, I got this piece and it's turned into a 5,000 word article. Like, you wanna, you wanna say something? And I was like, yeah, come down to Tacoma, let's meet. And we sat down in the park and I brought my laptop and he was like, okay, well, this is what this girl said. And I was like, oh, is it? Because here's a video of her sucking my dick and telling me that I have a huge dick. And then here's a video of her fucking me on the day that she said that I raped her. Oh, here's the date on that. And you can tell that she's not being raped. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he never wrote the story. Jesus Christ. Because he, he wanted something. Look, it, yeah, if he, he had he any, wanted, if he had he any balls, he would have written the real story. Well, yeah. he had, yeah. If he had balls, he'd have been like, "Oh shit, what's happening to this dude yeah. is fucked up." And, and anyway, like, I showed that re- the evidence to. Like, obviously, I can't post that stuff online. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I literally like the girl that claimed that I raped her. I literally have a video of her of the entire the entire fucking sex all of it yeah with d- dated uh, <laughs> like dude i can't believe that she would come out and say that i did that to her like you knew the camera was there you were there with me what <laughs> it'd be real you set up the camera <laughs> yo yo <laughs> i swear to god yeah oh, it wasn't a hidden camera thing she looks right at the camera and is like thank you daddy what the camera was there that was almost a spit take <laughs> what do you want oh my god it was crazy dude and like it's funny because uh that was uh about stranded they, they didn't they didn't do anything about uh write no, anything that was stranded not vice right who are you talking about uh when, when you met up with that person that was stranded right not vice oh it's it's called the stranger Oh, oh the, the stranger. stranger, the stranger. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a paper in Seattle that comes out, right. and it's like music stuff and Seattle stuff, and it, it's like a big deal in Seattle. It's like a free paper, right? And everybody reads. Like it would have, it would have been bad. Yeah. And, no, um, time, and I popped out my laptop, and I was like, "Boop!" And he was like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! This isn't a story, I guess." <laughs> and I get something leaves. Like this story about this monster when he's not a monster yeah not now vice actually did did they post something about it no dude hmm. nope. and i it, we had a couple of different conversations too because she she contacted me like hey what's you know i'm trying to get some some beef on this story and you know what's up with this and i talked to her for like an hour and then and then i talked to her again again with her and her producer and her producer's like you know this is this is a crazy crazy story and i was like yeah the real story is how these articles and these magazines put up all of out put out this article with no real information with only the story someone's word with no evidence and no facts that's the right. real story you know but they now it's just not worth it and, and when I started coming out with those videos, it's not like people are going to write articles saying, oh, fucking 
man defends himself with reality and facts and evidence. Like that's that's not going to get clicks. <laughs> no, I mean, no one's going to click on that. They want they want sex cults. Yeah, they want abuse. They want controversy. They want allegations. And I can't even sue these articles because they say alleged. That's the fucked up part about all of this shit. Is and a company can just say whatever they want in a headline, as long as they say alleged. That's crazy. Well, you know what? Now I know to put that up when we do our, our video. I'm going to put that up right there, just like that. Alleged. Just alleged that. musician William Control talks about allegations. Yeah, alleged musician. <laughs> that's, that's the alleged part, is alleged musician. Yeah. <laughs> My God, man. It was crazy. It was crazy to go through that and, and, the, and, you know, what happened in my life and things that I had to go through to get through it, you know, but then coming out and then being fed up with having that label. Cause you know, it, it took me a year, man, to get through my divorce and get through, you know, just being okay. And divorces just take forever in general, like, yeah. <laughs> way, way longer than they should. I had to sit down. I had, I, I got fed up, man. Cause everything I posted, people would be like, Oh, look at this fucking asshole. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Okay. I'm, I have nothing left to lose. I'm putting it all out because what else can I lose? Nothing. Yeah. So I sat down and I chronologically went through my phone and all of these videos and fucking put it out. Like, I'll, no, this is not, this isn't true. These things, these articles said about me just simply aren't fucking true right and i'm not gonna leave this almost 20 year you know career and legacy just in tatters like that Fuck that. i watched a lot of different actors and people and uh musicians who it, that shit happened to and they're still just like in the wind they just gave it up you know what i mean and i i couldn't just sit sit back and be like well fuck it you know, I, I had I'm to going. shoot it out. <laughs> the craziest part was going, was doing those videos and having fucking thousands of people messaging me saying, I can't believe I believed these articles. I'm really sorry. That was the craziest part. I mean, I said this when we did our, our episode on that, which was the bridge that led us to this conversation, thankfully. Um, that like when I first saw the news break out, I was like, wait a minute, let me just give this some time before I actually commit to the idea that this is reality. <laughs> and it was what, like six months or something before you came out with your responses? No, it was a year. It happened in June of 2018. I didn't come out with those videos till like April or May of 2019. And I mean, my favorite part about it is that you admitted you weren't entirely innocent, that you made your mistakes throughout this, this, you know, the divorce obviously is, is proof that there was mistakes made on your part. And, but you, you admitted that like, obviously there was not a grain of truth in the allegations that you were doing a lot of the shit that like a lot of the crazy stuff that like the Netflix type stuff that they were talking about. I mean, you go to Netflix now and I mean, that's pretty much what those headlines were now yeah dude i mean it's just fucking insane and i think the climate at the time you know the people you know the media and all these stories like you know uh what's the dude um 
Harvey Weinstein and, you know, these kind of big, gnarly, crazy stories that were coming out. When that, when me too started, I was like, Oh fuck, that's cool, man. Like I support that. Just suck a dick to be in a movie. Should just be like a good actress and get a movie role. Shouldn't yeah. have to fuck dudes like you know Harvey Weinstein. Gross. But I understand. You know, girls fucked Harvey Weinstein not because he was an attractive guy, but because he could put them in the movies. You know. But regardless of that, man, the whole climate at the time was like everybody felt like they wanted some attention. You know, I watched. All this shit happened, and then it started happening to people. And I was like, fuck, really? That dude? No way. And then when it happened to me, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this, none of it, okay, none of this is true, but I understand that maybe some of these girls, like, saw, you know, these other victims and, and watched thousands of people go, oh, you're so brave. You're, you know, you're so brave. And, and they wanted to feel that as well. You know, you know what I mean? That's no, kind of, yeah. kind of how I feel. That's crazy. And, and obviously I feel like the, the given thought when people hear, you know, everything that you went through and then it's like two years, three years later that you are going to put out another record. They're thinking, well, this is probably a response to all of that. And I, Personally, I doubt that, but I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Um, I <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I writing music for me is quite quite the experience. It's, it's pretty strange. Like I don't I don't you know I don't sit down and go, okay, now I'm gonna write a song about you know, fucking going skydiving and how fun it is. Like when I write music, it's just kind of, I just write, it just comes out. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, like this album, there's definitely some, uh, some allegory attached to that thing that happened in my life, which was a pretty gnarly experience. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that I touch on in the new album that, yeah, you could attribute to that. But there's also a lot of, you know, songs on the new album where, you know, I'm talking about love and shit because fucking life is great now. It's like really, really fucking great. So I don't know. We'll see. I guess you'll find out. I mean, this is a great um, segue into this. I Congratulations on your marriage, by the way. Yeah, congratulations. That was, the pictures I saw were beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> I also wasn't expecting three <laughs> i'm not gonna so, lie to you i wasn't expecting that i mean i mean you love three women that's there's nothing really more to say than that i mean it's pretty straightforward but it's weird that there is still in 2020 a misunderstanding of what polygamy or polyamory is oh i do this everyone's got their own opinion you know people that don't like me think <laughs> dude it's so fucking funny that, that people like the idea dude that when all this shit happened a couple years ago right the funniest part to me was that was that people were surprised like oh my god william control has sex what 
You know what it, I'm saying? Are you serious? You have sex? Wait, no what? way. Like, no, uh, bro. I've been singing about it since 2008. Like, what do you think I've been singing about? These aren't this. this these aren't metaphors. This, this is. Wait. Like, so, what? submit clothing isn't just a giant metaphor. Right, exactly. For doing laundry. Wait a minute. <laughs> while while at the same time they think i think i live in this like uh stone castle and i got women chained up on the wall and i'm drinking blood out of gauntlets and i'm like this goth or and i got this chair you know what i mean like people have this weird idea of people that they listen to on record that yeah. doesn't match reality you know and the, and when when the whole like sex cult thing came out like, oh, he has a sex cult. And the funniest thing to me was, well, wait a minute, weren't you a part of that sex cult? So why are you, what do you, what do you mean? Talking shit about the sex cult you were in? I don't, I don't understand, which is very contradictory. So either yeah. you're, you're pissed that I have a sex cult or you're pissed that you're not a part of the sex cult. Which one is it? Well, because you know, a lot of the people sitting behind the keyboard are going, man, I'm getting off to this article. <laughs> Let's get well, it. Let me tell you, man, I, I received quite a number of messages, too, that were like, oh, that's so hot. I love this. Cool. <laughs> like, cool. Okay, well, that's cool. I like that. But, I mean, most of that shit isn't true. But, okay. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to kink shame you. I mean, whatever you're... <laughs> By the way, are you taking applications? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of those, too. Oh, I don't doubt it. I, I just pulled a vial of blood. I'm ready to sign. Tell me where to sign, man. Sign, sign on your genitals and blood. <laughs> so fucking metal. It's so metal, bro. Tattooing your genitals. Ugh. Oh my god, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Hey, bro, if you want to be a part of the sex cult, you know what? You gotta get your genitals tattooed in blood. That's uh, So yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've got. Three wives. It's good life. <laughs> We're gonna have the most banging fucking Thanksgiving this year. Mm, I'm so excited. Oh, I can't imagine. So, so hold up, hold up. What are you thankful for? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thank. I'm thankful for my family for sure. For the, my family and friends that were real ones. You know, because I I. Probably the hardest lesson I learned going through all that was I didn't really have very many real friends. I knew there had to be some good that came out of that. Yeah. No matter how terrible. There was some good. For sure, I was able to finally get away from these fucking snakes that I had in my life. And it really showed me who I can and can't trust, you know? Which as, as like a celebrity, I don't want I don't call myself a celebrity. I'm not famous. I'm not fucking Gerard Way. I'm not David Bowie. I'm, my career has been very modest. And even, even at the level that I have achieved, uh, I realized that there was a lot of people in my life, man, that were, you know, only in my life because I could provide something for them, you know, not because they liked me as a person. And so it's, it's a tough thing to, to discover that, you know, because you think, you think that most people have good intentions, but the reality is they don't. 
So yeah. I'm really thankful for that. I'm really thankful that my circle is a lot smaller and I'm able to focus my attention and my energy on, you know, building a great life, which I have. Like, I don't talk about my personal life a lot on social media, really at all. I don't tell, I don't tell you what I'm doing or what I'm building or, you know, I like to keep it pretty mysterious. And I'll just, I'll just say that, man, I, this year has been fucking incredible. And I've done a lot of shit this year. Now you've talked about building a couple of times. What are you, what are you building? Um, (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to answer that question. It's okay. I mean, okay. So I've built like a couple of all my recording studios that I've recorded all my albums at. I built. Okay. So stuff like that. So like, not not quite like woodwork. It's kind of more like you're you're building rooms or yeah, like this, which I have to admit is aesthetic as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh okay. Well, look at the plasma. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> I'm literally tomorrow. My plan is to rearrange my room, <sighs> but. I gotta get a crib and all that shit set up. It's it's a fucking nightmare. Not quite like what you've got going on. <laughs> now, I wondered this. I've wondered this for a while now, and I knew it was going to be the question I was going to ask you. And it's not as like big of a deal as it might sound. What is your favorite place that you've been to, or like your favorite your favorite like venue that you've played? Because you've been around. Yeah, I've put around. Put around. <laughs> <laughs> You've watched me putting it around. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, what's my favorite place to play? I guess that's changed a lot. Man, I used to love going overseas. I used to love London a lot. But getting older and becoming an old man, I'm like, fuck London and all these fucking fees and taxes and trains and all these fucking, I don't, I don't want to get on a plane for 12 hours anymore. You don't want to drive on the wrong side of the road. Dude, it's so stupid. It's just stupid. Like, no wonder. No wonder we were able to fucking beat you back from the American shores back to Britain. (laughs) No wonder. Because you don't even know how to fucking set up a road, bro. (laughs) Are the roads, are the actual roads shit? Or do we just... It is one of the most infuriating places to drive on in the world. They do not understand the concept of a straight road at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> Living upstate New York. Okay, you've been, I'm sure you've been to Boston and you've been to yep. Manhattan, yep. like Wall Street. Every fucking road is like, you know, yeah. where we kind of figured out, oh, we need straight roads because, you know, that's better. Because so this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> You can't find anything. Everything sucks. You're doing this in the car all the time. <laughs> We've had 15 turns and it's still a straight line. Just go straight. <laughs> I used to love playing. I used to love playing England a lot, London especially. Um, but I think my probably one of my favorite places is uh, Probably the Midwest, maybe like Chicago is one of my favorite places. We've always had a really good time there. Texas, I feel really at home in Texas. 
No. Not surprised by that one. I love America, man. America's the greatest place on earth. For sure. Speaking of America, speaking of Texas, you enjoy the right to bear arms, for sure. Oh, yeah. Enjoy. I practice on a daily basis. Daily? That's impressive. Do you... Are you allowed to open or like concealed carry in Tulsa? Washington? Yeah, in Washington. Well, uh, you can do both. Man, I don't like the idea of open carry because I feel like that's a far too inviting, but just being wow. allowed to. It's great. I love it. I open carry. Well, I open carry when it's warm out because I don't want to wear a jacket, mm-hmm. but then I conceal carry when it's cold. <laughs> I mean, that just makes sense yeah <laughs> but um, washington is an open carry state a lot of well, most of washington like if you go to seattle you're gonna get people that are like oh a gun oh but most people in washington are like yeah whatever see i've never been a guns guy i like knives they're just i don't know something about the feel I, I don't know what it is but i like knives guns i just i maybe i just need the right guy to put a gun in my hand have you ever shot a gun i i i've i've shot many shotguns in my life but it, yeah. it was mostly I just shot a gun <laughs> have you ever shot an ar have you ever shot i have, I have yep no. i've shot an ak-47 and that was um that was that was an experience was it dope too I mean, I've always wanted to have uh, a pistol permit just to carry, but it's very, especially in COVID now, it's going to be stupid hard to get now. I'll show you. I'll oh show boy. You. I'll show you some stuff here. You got nothing to do. <laughs> the aesthetics everywhere. <laughs> no, it, honestly, it's goals. Like, that's honestly what I plan on doing with my home. Do it. America. 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 Fuck yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. You're ready for the apocalypse, dude. Let's go, dude. 40, 40 fucking... 40 round mags, bro. I got it. Jesus. Have you heard of Gun Drummer? I feel like you two would have a hell of a time. Uh, I haven't. But I'm interested. Gun Drummer. Gun, Gun Drummer is funny as fuck. Yeah. He basically does the drums as AK-47s or M4s. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. Yeah. You know? sick he's he's a very entertaining guy i fucking see this guy rolling out with tanks now like he's like he's not playing any games anymore no. <laughs> like shit dude uh, do you have a favorite piece though uh yeah um i mean i really like my most in the gant i have a couple of uh rifles they're called most in the gants it's like the old school yeah and they're from, I think they're both from 1943. And they were like World War II guns. And yeah, I was that, just about to say, they're World War II, aren't they? I was just about to ask that. Um, my, my 
daily carry that I like a lot is I have a Kimber 45. It's like a, it's a short 1911. So it's, it's a 1911, but it's a short barrel. So it's oh, easy okay. to carry, but it's also a 45. So it'll fucking blow your hand off. If you're not <laughs> careful. <laughs> I like that a lot. I, I like, I like hammer fire rather than, you know, Glock, like the slide fire. I don't know if you know the difference. They look a little different. Some Glocks don't have hammers on the outside. It's all in inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. I kind of like, ha- I like hammer fire more. I like the, I, I have a couple of different 1911s. Um, I love that look, you know. Really I was just about to say that they're just beautiful looking guns, like yeah. classic. Yeah. Damn. Honestly, the only reference point I have is something that's not even good, like Call of Duty, and I don't play Call of Duty. Well, that, that's what. As soon general. as I heard the 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 not the Molson, is that what it is? Molson. Molson. Yeah, the Molson. As soon Molson. as I heard that, I was like, "Oh, Call of Duty: World at War." I know it. <laughs> I haven't actually fired it, but I've simulated it yes. enough. Enough to Numerous know. times. I, <laughs> I know. I've experienced it. You ever make it out to the West Coast, man? We'll go out to the mountains and blast off some... I don't mountains. think you realize. We would love to. <laughs> yeah, New York. You're in New York? You can't fucking have shit in Can't do shit No, here. you can't. No, no you no. cannot. Very tyrannical government. Now, People. listeners know, I fucking... I love Arizona. That's where I'm going to go back to. I loved it. The entire four years I was there, I had a good time there. Yeah, they love guns in Arizona. That's a fact. Fact. That's a fact. And, like, my wife is not too keen on it, not going to lie. It, it would just be something that I would do as a hobby thing, just for fun. Just some, a reason to get outside, go do something. But, that's, fuck, that's a great reason to be yeah. a gun. And the great thing about Arizona is that there's just so much open space, a lot of desert to just go around and just, just fuck around in. But I, de- I definitely, in my youth, I really liked paintball. Is that something that you ever tried? No, I was never, uh, no, I was never a paintballer. I was, I was more of an airsoft person. Airsoft, I hated. <laughs> I hated the idea of shooting. I actually still have, I still actually have mine. It's under my bed. And my girlfriend actually said something, babe, why is there a gun under your bed? I was like, it's an airsoft gun. It's not, it's not a gun. Relax. <laughs> Can't you tell there's an orange tip. It, it, it's literally an AUG <laughs> like assault rifle. I can't own that. Okay. <laughs> FBI, open up. Yeah, literally. <laughs> hey man, nothing, you know what? There's nothing illegal about owning guns or loving guns. It's fucking, it's a good time. And it's, as a, as a grown-up man, it's a good hobby, you know? It's, a, it's an appropriate hobby for a grown-up to have. But gun safety is, like, the, the, like, the thing that you have to, like, really preach on. I don't yeah, know, or at least... Bro, gun safety is just common sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, okay, what What do you need to know? Don't point the barrel at anyone's anyone. No matter what, even if you think it's not loaded, just don't point it at anyone. Yeah. Right? Barrels down, finger off the trigger, some trigger discipline. Don't leave it in a place where kids could get it. It's pretty self-explanatory, dude. You know, my favorite, though, is especially, like, when I see even, like, a cop do something like this. I'm like, Oh, bro. Dude. Oh. Dude. Like, do you <laughs> not know? 
I think that's the first thing that you talk about in Police Academy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I would fucking hope. Never look down the barrel. Never point the barrel at any, anything. Anything. <laughs> like, Even if you think it's not loaded. That's just basic gun safety 101. And also clean it. <laughs> clean the weapon, at least. Oh, Keep man. It clean. Keep it functioning. You don't want it to jam up on you. Or blow up in your hand. When that, when that crazy dude walks into the theater with an, with an AK, you want to be able to fucking fire off a couple. <laughs> that, that church, what's that dude in that church? What was his name? I can't remember. Oh, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. That tried to started shooting people and the guy pulled out a gun. Bam! Oh, man, I was like, yes! Praise <laughs> the Lord! <laughs> Praise this at nineteen eleven. Yo, that's the kind of shit. That's why we need guns, man. I I saw this one fucking video. It was hilarious. This guy was gonna rob this store, and everybody in the store just pointed a pistol at him, and he just was like, "All right, I'm out. <laughs> All right, I'm leaving." And the safest place you'll ever be is inside a gun store. As long as they don't drop a bomb on that shit. But even then, I mean, you're fucked anyway. Damn. Man, Will, thank you so much. Honestly, it's been a treat just having you on the show, building this relationship with you. It's been honestly a fucking pleasure. Is um is there anything else that we should talk about before we wrap this fucking thing up? I don't think so, man. I'm I think you really enjoy the new music. I know you said you got some hate culture vibes. I feel that. I feel like it sounds a little bit better than hate culture, but the same energy is there because, you know, I had a I've been fucking a little pissed. I had to get some shit out. Yeah. I mean, I want, I mean, if I, I mean, me and Pat, I can't fucking speak. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> Later, Kyle. Nice Later. knowing you. No, because me and Pat wanted you to get on the show to like speak out basically. Really? It's like, yeah. it's like, Hey, this is what actually happened. And this is my side and shit like that. So, and it, there's always two sides to a story. Oh, there's always. And we also it, wanted to build like a relationship with you as well. Like in those videos, I pretty much, you know, lay out my side. Like I could have made uh, hours and hours and hours of videos of text messages back and forth. Cause I literally have millions of text messages. All, you know what I mean? So I could have gone on and I had to kind of put things in context and like, you know, you know what I yeah. mean? Because I could have just gone on forever about it. But no one wants to sit through a four-hour video, you know? Tell me about it. <laughs> of some really embarrassing text messages. Like, a lot of that shit that I put out is straight-up embarrassing. Yeah. Really embarrassing and really disgusting, you know? But when you give zero fucks, what, like, what do you want from me? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like... I feel like I've said, you know, all the stuff that I wanted to say. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I defended myself in the court of public opinion. Yeah. I didn't change everyone's mind. There's a lot of people that are going to hate me that use that scenario to just continue to hate me. Whatever. I'm not going to change a reason mind. anyway. Yeah. I'm not going to change Everybody that. wants a reason to like hate something. Like it. Yeah. But above all else, man, I, I want this to be the one thing that I wrap things up on is guys 
hardcore kids, all of you, I want you to fucking take notes. All right. This is how you defend yourself. This is how you do it. Please. This is how, like, if you are actually innocent, this is how you go about it. You don't just <laughs> make an ass out of yourself for no reason. So that was, that was my big thing that I wanted to get across is like, honestly, take notes, go check out all what it's like 10 hours worth of videos that yeah, you did. So, but I didn't want that to be the only thing. So obviously go check out the William control music. Aiden's still out there and don't listen to that fucking SoundCloud shit. That's out there. That's under the Aiden name. I've joked about that, but the fact that it's even up is kind of amazing. <laughs> Spotify. What are you doing? I don't even know what it is. I, <laughs> I, I, I just love how like 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 when Pat he, he actually sent me a screenshot of what you said and you're like wow internet's crazy like, you didn't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, what am I? I, mean, I don't give a fuck. I got you know I got shit to do, man. I got yeah fucking things to do. Exactly. Care what Spotify's doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried about people out there pretending to be you and getting clicks off that. That's that's what I care about. Dude, there's some weird, there's some weird people that do that, man. If you yeah. it, look, if you are a person that goes online and pretends to be someone else, oh, you God. are a fucking loser, and you should kill yourself because you're a fucking <laughs> loser, loser. No, <laughs> you. Somebody emailed me the other day and was like, "Hey, is this your email?" And it was some fucking email that was like william control will control at proton something and he was like trying to get the kid to do something and i was like bro that's not me i don't have that no and people do that all the time for fake facebook accounts and they'll message me like my instagram or my twitter and be like oh i've been talking to you on, on this thing i'm like no that's not me so whoever's doing that fuck you you're a loser oh my god i it's funny because anytime i say that like there are some people that should kill themselves i get mad looks for that I'm like yeah i mean it's not a nice thing to say but no no no, no it's not i get no, but, so mad like why are you doing this what do you like dude somebody set up a skype with william control but one of the l's was a capital i so it looked like william control right <laughs> And they started messaging my wife saying stuff like, you're being a bad girl. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking spend, you know, like all this shit. And my wife texts me, she's like, Hey, what the fuck? You know, she's like, look at this, look at this person who's trying to message me, be an idiot. I'm going to fuck with them. And I, and I, and of course, like, you know, I don't have, I have Skype, but I don't use it. I'm not messaging people on Skype. I'm not messaging people on Proton Mail. I'm not messaging people, period. Okay. I don't message people. Okay. People message me. I respond kindly, try to be respectful, but I'm not setting up accounts and like messaging people like, hey, this is what I want you to do. This little slut. Like, that's not real, dude. I can see it now. I mean, it's William Control, one picture, and it's the same picture that's your profile picture going around with, like, maybe three followers, but, like, four or five million people that they are following. Yeah. Right? Dummy accounts, man. Dummies, bro, dummies. We live... I have official Twitter. I have official Instagram. You can message me there. If I respond, 
cool. If not, it probably wasn't that interesting of, an, of a message and I'm sorry, or I was busy, but I don't have these weird fucking weird accounts that people are like a discord account. My son I, discord. That's I still don't understand. I'm still trying to figure out how to use discord. Cause I don't know if that's actually something that would be beneficial to the podcast. It's definitely. Like, I don't know. I'm still I mean, it's it out. more for like, if you're playing video games and shit, it's more or less for that. Yeah. But, that's, that's what he hangs out with his friends when he plays Fortnite. Yep. I don't know. Internet's weird, bro. It's a weird. <laughs> so when are we going to play Fortnite together, Will? <laughs> Let me tell you, I suck at Fortnite. Oh. So do I. Welcome I to the club. Bad, and so I hate it. I don't like playing it. I, I liked it. I liked it when, like, you could look at somebody, shoot them, and then blink, and they have a mansion built. That's not me, bro. No. Yeah, exactly. What? No. How do you go so fast? Get out of here. No, but like when it first came out as a beta, that's when I liked it because I was actually good and nobody built a fucking mansion in the blink of an eye. Like, no. You know what game I really like is is, uh, Call of Duty. I like that game a lot. I've been playing... I've been playing the old one with my brother. My brother has an account and he's like a fucking big Call of Duty fan, but we play like Modern Warfare 3 together. Like this oh, that is my favorite, especially oh. online. That is my favorite. The 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 campaign was kind of garbage, not gonna lie, but but the online was one of my favorites. Yeah, I like Call of Duty, man. It's fun. I don't know. I'll play with my brother, and that's about it. Like he'll hand me a controller when we're hanging out, but like I don't fuck. I I'm I'm a retro gamer. I like the old Nintendo stuff. Yeah. You know, my son likes old Nintendo stuff. Honestly, hand me an N64 and we can have some fun. <laughs> I mean, I can I can definitely play the older games like like Pac-Man. I love Pac-Man. He's one of my favorites. But I'm terrible at it. Terrible at it. Don't but play I it just to be good. Play it to have yeah, a good time. I love I love Pac-Man so much. It's one of my favorite old-time characters. Classic. Even on Super Smash Bros. when they had Pac-Man, that was me. Like I, I needed Pac-Man. Well, cool. Well, thanks a lot for having me, guys. No, honestly, it's been a fucking yeah. Treat. Thanks again. Any other questions? Hit me up. I was gonna say, uh, do you have anybody you want to shout out, thank, or anything like that before we ultimately give you the virtual boot? Um, not really. Just my friends and my family love you you know who you are (laughs) (laughs) all right man you know what it is william control aiden look it up you'll find it pretty fucking quickly thanks again and uh bye-bye later later